you need to be making those clear decisions, especially once you've reached, I think the first six figures and you're crossing that, that's really a point you need to start getting a lot more consistent uh, in your brand and really what it stands for. It, it is difficult in the beginning sometimes. So I always, I'm not super strict at that point, but once you go further, I get more strict, but when you're working on that brand value proposition, what you really stand for, one is the value you offer, like the benefits. And the other point is what really makes me unique and different. And if you look at that, that's what should guide you in everything else in your business. So if you're saying that, you know, the connect with the customer is one of the most important things apart from the product quality and other things, then, okay, what does that mean? Hey everybody, welcome to Lunch with Norm. I'm Norm Ferrari, aka The Beard Guy here. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how to go from one-time customer for to forever fans, why brands need to demonstrate value in m multiple ways, the importance of locking down your customer avatar, and how a and how powerful is storytelling uh, can be when doing it the right way. I am so tongue-tied. I don't know if it's because Thanksgiving's tomorrow. Anyways, we'll get through this podcast. Welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Okay, let me first have a cup of coffee. There we go. Now we're going to be on track. Today, we're going to be talking about, and this is one of my favorites, how to go from one-time customer to forever fans. We all love those repeat orders and, and fans and building up the brand culture. Well, today we're going to be talking about that. Our guest is an e-commerce brand growth mentor and consultant. She works with entrepreneurs who want a clearer, more focused vision with their brand. She's worked with Fortune 500 companies across brand management, strategy, consulting, and global marketing, and has been hired by Google to coach their premium partners. So please welcome as a first-time guest, Monica Sharma. Uh, See, I messed up that one, Mar Monica. That's the easy part. Monica Sharmer Pat uh, Necker. So I hope I said that right. Anyways, let's have a word from our sponsor and we'll get right to it. I want to thank Jeff Schick Legal for sponsoring this episode of Lunch with Norm. You've probably heard on the podcast about Amazon suspensions. They're very real. It can happen at any time. And when it does happen, how do you get out of it? How does the little guy like you and me get out of these suspensions without paying an arm and a leg in legal fees? This is where Jeff Schick Legal is here to help. For a very low monthly retainer, for only $89, get access to Amazon attorney Jeff Schick. That's right. You can sit back, relax, enjoy that cup of coffee while listening to the Lunch with Norm podcast, knowing that you have an advocate and a partner in your business success. But wait, just mention Lunch with Norm and receive 50% off the first two months. Get the protection you need and visit jeffschick.com today. That's J-E-F-F-S-C-H-I-C-K.com. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome, Monica. Hi, nice to be here. I told you I'd stumble at the beginning. <laughs> and. I, I said that and look what happened. It was the worst opening in the history of the podcast. <laughs> it was so funny because when we were speaking, you said it perfectly. Once you were live, it was, uh, you were just stumbling over it. But I screwed no up your whole name. <laughs> uh, so just before we get into everything, why don't you tell a little, uh, just a little bit about yourself? 
Okay, so yeah, hi everyone. I am Monica, and I am actually in uh, Amsterdam, the Netherlands, so completely across the ocean. Um, I've been building brands for over 17 years. Um, I'm a mom of two girls as well, and absolutely a chai fanatic. Uh, I've worked with you know conscious e-commerce brands, people who are really out there to get a bigger vision for the brand with a strong purpose and really trying to make an impact with the products that they sell. But they want to have more control over their lives and business as well, of course. Um, so yeah, I always start starting from really building strong foundations to your business. Oh, very good. So, and that's one of the things uh, that I think a lot of Amazon sellers, especially in the beginning, are not too concerned with. And we try to steer them into the brand side of things. Now, you know, depending on budget, some people might be doing arbitrage instead of private label. But if you're going to spend time, money, and effort, uh, you know, putting together something, brand is so important. And we talk about it so much on the on the podcast, and I can't wait to talk to you about it. And, you know, just the different steps that you're taking. Maybe we'll get some action steps. I know we'll get a few nuggets, but this is a popular topic. So why don't we just dig into it? Yeah, no, but I'm glad you said it because you said that a lot of Amazon store, people, store owners are not really busy with that. But to be really honest, I see even people with Shopify stores always. It feels like sometimes the last thing people work on. So I think it goes across the board. Yeah, so that's a good question. So let's say that you've got a brand, you've gone out, you've done your product research, you've seen the opportunity, and now you're trying to figure it out. What would you normally do to build up that brand or even to come up with a brand name? And I've asked about <laughs> a thousand people about this, but I'm just kind of curious what you would do. Well, for me, the brand name is kind of the thing you do later it's like you know brand is first of all kind of the perception and feeling people have with your business and what you sell at every touch point that they interact with you so anywhere whether it's on your store the email that you sent out uh the packaging they receive the advertising they see and for me the starting point is always 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 without a doubt your customer Mm -hmm. who, who is my potential customer? Who is my real customer? Who are the ones really buying from me and why? And you know, what are their needs, wants and desires? And then how can I fulfill those the best through the products I sell? So the starting point is always your customer. And I always say real over ideal. People make up these imaginary personas and avatars from their imagination, but they don't really know who they're really speaking to. Who are the ones right. actually clicking on buy? <laughs> and the ones coming back again and the ones who are coming back for more and even being your advocate and you know telling others about you so really figure out who's that real customer who am i really speaking to i like it so you're working backwards and you know we, we've talked about the before about having and not just a customer but you might have multiple demographics that you're reaching out multiple personas that you're going to have to build and you got to understand if you're the way that i've this along the way is that if an innovator and all of us you meet the Monica avatar, I've got to be able to talk to that Monica avatar right off the bat. Like I know it like this or the Ben or the Norm avatar, you know, who is that freaky old guy and how do I talk to him? And, you know, by understanding and taking the time to do that. So first of all, you'll know who you're talking to. But also, uh, you know, you might be able to uh, expand the brand, expand different, like even optimization. I know for my soap, I sell soap, um, and I'll target mutters. Have you ever heard of a mutter? 
These are people who are crazy that like to run through obstacle courses and get completely covered in mug, mud, and yeah. it, it's crazy, right? So I sell mud to mudders. I sell dead sea mud to mudders. And so I know that demographic, I think, although I would never do it, but uh, you know, it's a lot more expensive and the packaging is a little bit different, but it's geared towards the mudder. And that's the avatar. Like I know that avatar. I also have a soap for golfers. I have a soap for, I actually sell a soap in Japan that is targeted to a Japanese market who love Hawaiian vacations. So, and that soap is nuts, by the way. They'll pay $24 to $36 a bar. But, you know, you're, you, you do know that avatar and you can work backwards on that. Okay, so let's talk a bit more about, you know, how important is it for brands to demonstrate uh, value in, in multiple ways, not just one. Yeah, so uh, lots of important, really, really important. Uh, so before we move on, I just wanted to add one thing to what you said, because I think it was sure. really important, because you're talking about the customers, and we're talking about demographics a little bit. But what I thought you did beautifully is like you said, you had mothers, you've got golfers, you this, you went beyond the demographics, you're really looking at the needs and wants and desires and the lifestyle of the people that you're targeting. And I just wanted to remind everyone that that's you have to go beyond the demographics, because needs and desires can go beyond age or you know life stage that you're at so remember that and then when we get to the value which is your question so i mean it's actually the companies that demonstrate value in multiple ways can build more loyalty and i think people are going to ask well what do you mean with value well um it's what's in it for me what does it do for me as a customer and most people what they do is they really focus on the product right what does the product do for you i mean so for example it can clean you well you know but how does it really make me feel? And what does it do for me in my life? So you're looking at different ladders of value from functional to more emotionally, more transformational. Uh, and then you have your higher purpose that you work towards. So, but people that can demonstrate the value at these different steps and integrate that into all their messaging and copy, whether it is from the product pages to other content you put out, are being able to build stronger connection with their customers and build loyalty for the long term. So can you give us some examples? So, okay. Um, should we take your product? Would that be good? Sure. <laughs> so, so you do soap. soap, soap for mothers. Okay. So what, what does the product do? Let's talk about that first. Well, it, it depends on the avatar, but our average soap, first yeah. of all, um, there's something that is beyond a natural handmade cold process soap. And yeah. that is uh, our belief. And I think this is probably one of our biggest values is that we're, we're soap with a cause. We believe every individual should have access to uh, clean water. And we're going after, or we work with organizations. We give 5% back to any organization that supports this. Yeah. So that's one thing. The other thing is that it is, it's going back to nature. That harsh chemicals and putting harsh chemicals on your body is not worth it and in fact that if you take a look at some of the larger um, manufacturers the commercial manufacturers they can't even put the word soap on their packaging because, I know. because it's detergent so we're trying to get people to come back to the natural way of doing things and we're trying to bring together um not only the gifting side but the subscription side but the missing side so you're giving soap because you miss your daughter. You miss your son who just went away to college. And this is a little thing that you can provide. Yeah. 
We're also providing something that's not chocolates or flowers. It's a gift of love, which is this soap. And, it, you know, once a month, you can get this small little package that, you know, just it's a memory of mom or it's a memory of, you know, your daughter. So those are sort of things that we're doing in the overall uh, club, yeah. you know, so we, we and we call it a club. So, you know, we get everybody together. And the other thing that we try to do is bring, build a community. We don't only sell our brand. We sell other artisans. So we want to provide other artisans with a platform that they can sell their soap and get their word out there. Yeah. And, but the artisan has to have a cause. Okay. So that's kind of what yeah. we do. Okay, so I'm going to break that up into the values that we were talking about. So I think, um, so one, the fact that they're all naturally based soaps, right? They're uh, naturally made soaps, they're handcrafted in sort of way. That's all your product features. Yeah. You know, I want to make that very clear to everybody. Those are the features. It's not really the value in it. But what does that do for people uh, in terms of the product? It, it cleans them in a very natural without harsh chemicals so it doesn't harm your skin, right? For example. That's one level. So this is what your product does. And this is what we call the functional benefits. And this is, you'll find the biggest level. Most people stay on this level of what their product does when they're explaining the value and benefits. But you take it a level higher. It's what we call the emotional benefits. How does it make me feel? Now, you already, when you do it from a gifting perspective, I'll just take the example you gave. So it makes me say I'm receiving a packet from mom. I feel cared for. I feel cared for. I feel loved, right? So that's how it makes me feel. And what does it there for do in my life? Well, I always have those memories of my mom. I always feel like they're there for me. Uh, and it makes me feel, uh, no matter where I am, and you know, I feel cared for and I feel taken care of. And in some sense, you know, you feel more grounded as well in life. And your higher purpose is just to make everybody kind of feel loved for whether it is the people who are receiving the soap, whether it is the people, you know, making sure that people have access to clean water in a way as well through this whole thing. So this is the different levels of value that you're offering people. And by communicating in all of these levels is when you are really locking people in and be able to connect and communicate with them uh, and, and really build that emotional bond with them. Is that clear? Yeah, absolutely. So with Amazon, I don't know if you've worked with a lot of Amazon sellers, but with Amazon, you've got um, five bullet points and you've got your A plus content. How many of these values would you be putting into those five bullet points? And like for us, we usually lead with a benefit and then we talk about that feature, but you've got five bullets. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would choose... Uh, between like uh, the different ladders. So between the emotional or, or transformations, how does it make me feel or how does it change my life? Choose one of those. But as long as you go to a one, at least one key benefit, which goes beyond just what the product does. And it's more about the feeling that you bring. So make sure you have one of those. Then obviously what your product does and which you then support with your product features. Um, this is as, those five bullet points. Now, obviously on Amazon, I have seen some people have those longer landing pages where you can then uh, go further into things. If you have that, that's the place to maybe put in a lot more about it. But I would always start with something at least like, hey, how does it make me feel? And therefore, how, what the product does, and this is my features. So that you at least have those three different levels covered. So lifestyle pictures, influencer marketing is a big thing right now, especially yeah. on Amazon. Uh, I've seen this often, is that you go to an influencer, you don't instruct them in a specific way and what you do is you've got a grumpy old guy 
holding up a product and it's just a grumpy old guy and there's 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 no feeling there's no you know and i just feel that there should be specific direction given even on lifestyle so you're talking about your values yeah. well get the influencer or whoever's doing your user generated content to at least smile like they're enjoying the process do you have any tips on you know working with influencers or um uh any type of user generated content well um, yeah i mean i it all comes to the lifestyle pictures and the lifestyle that you show so even with the influencers if you know these values that you offer the benefit that you bring according to different ladders it will help you choose the influencers in a better way right you will choose the influencers that also project those same kind of benefits for their audience or at least you'll be able to explain it much better versus saying hey this is a great product it cleans you better this is it no but you talk, you get the influencer to tell that story. We get back to the storytelling, actually. Get them to tell the story. And whether you're working with influencers, you're doing that through user-generated content, you're even doing it through your own product photos, always make sure that you're telling a story. Because again, stories are very emotional, more than facts, right? And people remember them better. And they're unique to every situation. So it's also harder for people to copy. You know, people can copy products a little easier than the whole essence around it. And that's where storytelling really helps. So use storytelling in any of your marketing, whether you're working with influencers or your own user-generated content. So I wanna circle back to the avatar for a second. And uh, because this is going to tell you what type of influencer you should be targeting. And by the way, uh, when you're looking for an influencer, don't look at the first one that it, you know, comes across it that will accept your product. Uh, it's got to fit that personality. And that's why I'm circling back to the avatar. When you're building up that avatar, can we just go through some of the things that you're looking for and then how you would approach these influencers to get the right match? Yeah. So um, a couple of things. So one, I always say, you're not always even solving a problem, you're fulfilling a desire. So what is really that core need and want and desire of that audience? Um, I actually have this framework, which I use is like the four Ds, the four types of questions you ask your customers. So I would start, of course, demographics, because that just helps for pure targeting reasons, uh, very practically speaking. But those are the factual information about your audience, whether it's age, whether they're, you know, what life stage they're at, you know, do they have kids, not, et cetera. But the second one, which I find really important, which many people miss is what I call desire. What's going on in their life? Who are, you know, what's happening? What makes them happy? What are the struggles? Uh, what is it that they're looking for fulfilling that maybe is not completely being fulfilled? So get to know them as a person. At the end, the person clicking by is a human being. It's not just numbers. It's not just those traffic numbers we're always looking at. It's, it's a real human. So get to know that person. And then I always look at, which I call the third D's do, which is how, what do they what are they doing within your category how are they behaving there where do they find you how do they hear from you what alternatives or competitors do they buy from what could be their triggers or barriers you know along the journey like why are they clicking by or why are the ones who are going away not clicking um what's stopping them and then the last one is delight so what makes them happy when they get your product when they actually receive it and uh, the whole customer experience um what are they telling others about you or if you want to know what they're telling others about your competitors you know if they had to describe you in just a simple line what would they say so these are the four d's that i cover so that you really holistically get to know that person and really going into 
what is it that they really want? Why would they be buying from me if I summarize it? Um, so it's not always even the solution yet, but it's like what's going on in their life and how can I then best fulfill that through my product? So once you get to that point and you've got, you've answered the four Ds, Yes. which uh, hopefully, Kelsey, you've written those down. Uh, <laughs> but once you get to the four Ds, what are you doing next? Uh, once you get that, that's when you go into what we were talking about before. So the benefits, and so I call that the customer benefit ladder. So you've got the customer insights out of this. You know who your customer is, what they're really looking for and why. Then you obviously know your product, you know your features, you know your key features, and then you work through the benefits. So therefore, what are the functional benefits? What does my product do for them? How does it make them feel? And what does it do in their life? Which you can then translate into a simple value proposition, which then goes into all your messaging, content, copy, any marketing activities, any collaborations you choose to do, any influencers you choose to work with. So it's kind of, it's it's the North Star and guides you in everything you do going forward. So basically it's consistency, right? It's consistency. Um, it's that bigger vision again that you're working from. You know why you're doing it. You know who you're doing it for and why they want it, um, which also makes sure that you know you're not drop jumping from one change to another as the market changes, as algorithms change. Uh, you're really focused on who's this customer, what do they want, why are they buying from me, and what is it really I'm delivering in their lives as well with my product. Okay, I like it. And I'm just noticing, Kelsey, it, it, am I fading in and out? Um, what do you mean? Oh, it, it just looked like I was pixelating again with this um, Wi-Fi. No, no, right now it's okay. Okay, all no right. We, we do have a problem that my Wi-Fi kind of cuts out. I live in the new tech hub of Canada, and I can't get a cell signal, <laughs> and my Wi-Fi sucks so <laughs> so sometimes i i you know you won't even see me kelsey will pop up all right so based on on what you're talking about there it sounds like you know as the owner these four things and you know what you want to bring across but how do you get that to get your employees or your contractors to buy in to this whole brand culture for the internally oh this is fantastic then um so Actually, if you're working with a team, if you have a team with you, I always say include them in the process of working through this. So if you're doing getting to know your customer and doing customer interviews and really getting to know them, um, if you don't have direct access to all customer data, like some um, people in Amazon stores, trust me, there's a lot of information you can get out of a lot of the testimonials and reviews. Um, so that's a great place to go through. Um, but use them, include them in the process, get them to do part of that as well, not just you and work together and workshop together on those benefits and what you're really bringing out. The more you do it from the beginning with your team uh, that is already on board, the more they'll feel included and the more they'll buy in as well. At the same time, you'll have the summary document that just creates, you know, you just summarize this into a one pager for yourself, which you can then give to any contractor that you work with or anybody you work with just summarizing everything about your brand and uh, what it stands for. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that, um, you know, over 30 years I figured out was that I didn't have the answers. I might've had the vision, but it was a lot of people on the front lines that had the answers. You know, yeah. they knew what the customer was talking about. They knew uh, what the complaints were. And I was building a company but 
at the beginning, I never included the people on the front lines. Yeah. But they had the secrets. They had, you know, what, what I needed to know to build that brand or to build the company. So it is important, even for us, um, with our, just with that, I have multiple brands, but with the soap company, every Tuesday, everybody gets on, everybody understands what the good, the bad, the ugly is, and how we can go ahead and, and do something better. So um, I, I just think it's important. I think it's a really valuable thing that you just said. Yeah. And I always believe one thing. That, so a lot of people see customer research kind of as a one-time exercise. I see this as an ongoing thing throughout your business, uh, throughout the year, keep doing these as you get new customers coming in, maybe if you were constantly buying again, keep doing them, keep, keep speaking to your customers and getting to know them and get your team to do them. Um, it really changes the game. And it will also require that you don't have to, when the market changes, economy changes, we don't know what's going to happen next, but you'll be on top of what your customer wants. And you'll always be in a place to be able to quicker take decisions without it having to be some long exercise that you have to do and take out three months to do. So make it as part of the culture in your company as well. Right. And a little bit earlier on, you were just talking about, um, making people feel better, like, you know, solve that issue, make, make them happy. Uh, can you kind of explain that? Like, how important is it <clears throat> um, that you can make people feel or how, let me just try this again. <laughs> you mentioned before that people buy based on how they feel. Yes. Can you explain a bit more on that? See, I knew I'd get it out. I just yes. had to reword it. <laughs> well, so most purchases, there's a lot of research behind this. And there's like, most purchases are subconscious. So I think they even say that over 95% of them are actually subconscious. So we buy products based on how we feel. And I'm not talking, and this is, of course, the more higher end products, especially if you're in the conscious space as well. I'm not talking always about the daily necessities of the house. Um, but when we're buying things for ourselves, we buy it on a base and how we feel. And how we feel is so difficult to voice sometimes. Sometimes we don't realize it ourselves. So also often when you even speak to customers, we'll, they'll give you all the rational reasons, the logical reasons why they buy something. And, and that's where it is really your job to dig deeper because it's not that their people are lying to you. It's just that they probably don't realize it and they're not able to voice those feelings that actually led to a purchase because the feeling is... You know, you just felt something and you wanted it. I always say I didn't need those fourth pair of leggings, but I bought it anyways, right? Um, and, and But if I tell you, I'll say, well, it fits great. It's probably not the reason I really bought it. I, I really wanted it for a particular reason. It's something else that goes beyond that. And, I, and that's what you want to really get to. So people really buy things on how they feel. And I think that's one of the most important things to remember. But as they go through the process, the more they get closer to buying something they need the rational and logical reasons as a proof points so they are in so they work together so it's like oh, I, I feel great about this product but let me just check you know okay so in your case with the soaps yeah oh it's, it's handcrafted it doesn't have chemicals that just confirms things for me and helps me to take that final decision to buy so it's always a little bit of both so it doesn't mean you need to drop the other more rational and feature based of your product but you bring them in with the stories, with the emotions, with the feelings and what it can do for you. And then you kind of convince them to buy more with the more factual information. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. The, the other thing that, and it's so simple, but by using a real graphic artist and, you know, not your sister or hamster, uh, 
is color or the way you use your fonts or the templates that you use. Uh, even on the Amazon storyboard, the slide deck, just the way you lay them out. And it, it just either will give you, I've seen this in the in a lot of different listings where they've got a white background, which looks nice, but then everything is black. And it just takes away, it absorbs, like there's there's nothing that pops out. And <clears throat> they're missing, they're missing everything about their brand because if you take a look at the logo that they're trying to portray, or if you take a look at the information that they they provide, their images don't reflect it. And that's the same on social media. That's the same on Amazon Post. That's the same on YouTube. And it, it's just so important that when you take that brand, you're taking all of that into consideration. And one thing, and we just experienced this when we were building out a, a couple of new websites that we use two different artists. Two different artists, if they don't have the exact idea, if they're not in your brand story, if they don't understand it, they're going to come up with two different concepts and they're probably going to clash. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I just, I just, like, that happened this week. And, you know, this is something that we were doing, although they understood the brand, it's just different concepts. One was completely different than the other person. But uh, before we go any further, I don't know why, but I've got this really dry cough. I think it's because it's so cold up here in Canada lately. Um, but before we go any further, if you have any questions about brand or building your brand or building the brand story or building brand culture, put them into the question section. I know that we've got a question right now, but uh, we're here. Monica is an expert in this and she's here for the next half hour. So please uh, let us know. We also have an incredible giveaway. And Monica, if you want to just let us know what that is. Yeah, so I do uh, store brand scans for people as well. Um, I and the store brand scan is basically to see, hey, well, what, what what's currently working on your business? I use my key pillars that I use really starting from, you know, who's your customer and your brand and uh, looking at the other metrics of your business and see what's working and what's not. And then what's the one thing you need to focus on to just move the needle a little further in your business. And we just do a store brand scan assessment. Um, normally that's $100. So I'm giving that away to one lucky winner today. All right. Fantastic. Now, just to clarify, that is an Amazon storefront you're going to analyze? It, it can be any. Okay. It could be any. Okay. Yes. Very good. Well, that's awesome. So anyway, if you've been listening, you will be hopping on this Lunch with Norm uh, giveaway today. So hashtag Wheel of Kelsey, tag two people and you will get a second entry. Monica, I'm crossing my fingers that everybody that was on YouTube is <laughs> listening live on the Facebook group right now. So <laughs> I'm this crossing is the my first day. You. <laughs> You're the guinea pig. <laughs> but, Kelsey, why don't we go to a commercial? A big thank you to our sponsor, Post Purchase Pro the only complete A to Z done for you real email and text marketing service built specifically for Amazon sellers. Post Purchase Pro creates all of your digital assets 100% for you from marketing inserts, complete sales funnels, email follow-up sequences, and weekly email promotions. They manage and optimize everything for you to drive more sales, get higher ranking, and receive more reviews on Amazon. 
So check out Post Purchase Pro now to see if you too will see enormous growth like their nearly 500 clients worldwide. That's Post Purchase Pro at postpurchasepro.com slash lunch. Okay, we are back. Second half. Let's talk about brand attributes and how can you guide your brand attributes to your customers' desires and feelings? So that's going to come out through your content. Uh, so once you know, do the whole exercise that we talked about, right? Yep. That's when you translate it. That's when you translate it to the design, to the messages that you're putting out, to the to the ads, the, the social media content, the emails or the SMSs that you're sending out. Um, so it's really translating that to that. And I think one thing I like, if you've spoken to your customers or review testimonials or reviews, there's so much information, words you can just pick out from there that people are actually using. And I would portray that consistently in all your content that you put out to people. Um, and I think people need to remember that your messaging and your design, your attribute, that's how you portray your brand to people. So first work on the value proposition, tells people why you're buying, and then use the design and content to really create that consistent look and feel and feeling with them so that whichever touch point they're interacting with you on, they know it's you. What about customer interaction? So we, we talk a lot about the overall customer experience. Is that something like at the very beginning, you have to say, I am going to be exceptional with my customer experience. That's going to be part of my brand. Or like for, for me, I talk, I always talk about when you, um, when you launch a product that there's three tiers of pricing that you can come out with. You could either come out with the lower tier, which is usually, you know, just trading dollars, the middle tier, and then the higher tier. But you know, you actively know that I am going to go out, I'm going to have a well-optimized listing, really great photos, and I'm going to go and compete with the high level. Is this something you have to figure out when you're coming out with your brand and dealing with customers? Uh, yes, no, I think it depends on the stage of business you're at. I would say for people who are just starting out, sometimes getting at least some base done, like we talked about roughly, and I have an hypothesis, and then go implement test and then keep getting to know your customers as they're buying from you and then adjusting your brand. If you're further down, you have a business that's working, you've gotten consistent sales and consistent following and community, then you need to be making those clear decisions, especially once you've reached, I think the first six figures and you're crossing that, that's really a point you need to start getting a lot more consistent uh, in your brand and really what it stands for. It, it is difficult in the beginning sometimes. So I always, I'm not super strict at that point, but once you go further, I get more strict. But when you're working on that brand value proposition, what you really stand for, one is the value you offer, like the benefits. And the other point is what really makes me unique and different. And if you look at that, that's what should guide you in everything else in your business. So if you're saying that, you know, the connect with the customer is one of the most important things, apart from the product quality and other things, then, okay, what does that mean? The best customer experience. Does that mean I am available within 20, uh, all calls will, or messages will be answered within two hours? Or does it does it mean that we are always, we, we'll give 20 to 48 hours for an answer? So be really clear, what does this customer experience mean then versus others? Um, so what really makes me different? What makes me unique? And then you make those really clear decisions in your business. What does that actually mean operationally speaking as well? So your brand also feeds into all the operations in your business. A lot of people say, I offer the best product quality. I say, well, what does that mean? 
what kind what does the quality mean for you is it that like in your case i'm not going to use any um uh you know harsh chemicals other cases well it means it's going to last really long and i will offer a guarantee if, if, if in six months something happens to it. So you really need to start clarifying that in operational terms, what that really means so that you can start translating that consistently to your clients. And I think people also need to understand customers can be very forgiving as long as you're really transparent mm. and very clear in your communication. Yeah. You know, you can't offer one day delivery. It's as long as they're really clear upfront that that is the case and I'm going to wait three days for it or I have to wait a week because maybe it's a made to order handcrafted product. They're willing to do so as long as it is super clear. So be very clear. What's the value I offer? What makes me truly different? What do I need to make sure I'm on par with, with other competitors so it's not seen as a differentiation? What does that mean operationally speaking as well in my business? So one of the things, and I got to give this to Sean Hart, who's with uh, the Post Purchase Pro. I saw him at an event and he was talking about not every order, but on the repeat order, he would kind of build out a survey and he would call. He would, e he would either send a video saying, Hi, Monica, I just wanted to thank you for, or he would call them with this survey and he would build out, you know, what was right, what was wrong, blah, blah, blah. But this is a customer who's come back to your brand twice. And this is where he would get the information, what they liked, what they didn't like, and what was just basically ugly. And it was so powerful that like his normal, something that he did with his brand and he kept it in front of people's eyes. It was just like a radio commercial. It, brand consistency was through his email. And he emailed, he emails people once a week or sorry, once a day, which is, I think was crazy. He says, well, you know what? If they don't like the email, they're going to unsubscribe and you don't want those yeah. people on your list anyway. But when the people do get it, if you're giving them not promotions, but just great value and you're starting to build a profile on these people. So you can ask them, like, if it's in the pet group, you know, what type of pet do you have? Is it a small dog? Is it a, you know, what type of breed do you have? And you could segment the list and then send them some really great yeah. information. But every time they get it, they see your brand and it's top of mind. But going one step even further, like, he'll take it and he'll either do the video or his team will contact them and just say, you know, thank you so much. The other thing that they do uh, with the brand is they'll send out just little added value, something, a sample of something they're bringing out or just an added value, which, you know, just, wow, this brand is really exceptional and it's top of mind, which I love. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh God, this is what I keep saying. Real over, I do speak to those real customers and that's what you actually said. Once people are bought from you or they're buying again, figure out who those people are so you can attract more people like them. And surveys, little to, you know, use your email for polls or social media content. But if you can, I say nothing beats actually speaking them to them over a phone call or a video call because you get to go a little deeper beyond just what they're saying and really figure out what they mean with things that they're actually saying to you. So they're deeper motivation. So nothing beats actually speaking to them one-on-one. -on -one. Right. Yep. So see, Sean must be right then. Backed <laughs> them up. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, yeah, I just think that's such a personal touch and very few. I, I might have got a call from somebody this year that no. or or an email even that wasn't promotional crap that was just trying to sell me another product after the sale but 
if it's genuine, I think it's so important. And the other thing, this kind of leads into the next question is brand story. So uh, Jeff Sass, I, I don't know if you know Jeff, but an incredible brand guy. Um, he talks about building up for his internal and external, uh, for customers as well as his, his internal team, a hero, a villain, but he puts together like a two-page um, just story about the brand. And it's so genius the way that he comes up with it that, you know, people just love, he works with a variety of different brands and I was, I've been able to see some of the stories he's come up with. And it's like a mini novel and it's so great, but people 100% understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And I still see like what you were saying, you know, again, all those promotional emails and even those product-based e-commerce brands. Uh, there's so much power in doing non-product based emails and content and sharing that and sharing stories uh, where your product can be plugged in and there can be still a link to your store, whether it's Amazon or uh, your direct store. But sharing stories is, is just so much more emotional. People read it. People are more likely going to open it and read through it. Um, it, it just so much more unique and really builds that bond. So just like what you said, the two pager, but then translate that into little stories that you can share in different content and connecting with your customer beyond only just those product posts, which you're getting from everyone. It, yeah. it doesn't make it any different. They know that, okay, it's just going to be another product photo again, which I can click through. Well, I can go to the website for that as well. Oh, even but with your brand story too, uh, you were talking about transparency and like for, for our soap, we go through the, the process. We tell the story about, uh, us going to Hawaii, meeting um, yeah. an, an artisan, going back and, and showering and noticing almost instantly a difference between the soap and the moisturizing. And so we brought some back to our friends and family, which also noticed it. So we decided to get into the business and learn more about natural soap, but not to go too crazy. So you can exaggerate a little bit, but don't say that you climb Mount Everest to you know, <laughs> find a new Himalayan salt mine. And people will look through that and just look through your brand as well. You know, have you yeah. seen that? I, I've I've definitely seen that with some brand going. There's no way that. No, <laughs> use buy honest into that. <laughs> I think just use honest stories, and I often I often lead in my own content as well. I'll just take things that happened with my kids, and it suddenly inspired me, and I thought of an analogy to my business, and I just read and which get which get gives them a little bit of info into who I am as a person. Uh, without sharing like everything that's going on in my life, but just as little analogies and just make it really honest and open that is related to your daily life or that of your customers uh, so that they can, people can just, you know, they feel like you get me. Uh, and that's the feeling yeah. you want to give them that empathy. Like you really get me, you know what I want and you know what's going on and you, you get that. And they're more likely than to click through to your products as well. Yeah. That's another great point. And one of the other things like for us, um, we tried to find, again, going back to the influencer, but we tried to find different people that could be really powerful. So to a filmmaker and it, Ollie, if you're listening, you're awesome. But this guy teamed up with Tesla. He's got a electric car. He's going from Anchorage, Alaska, all the way down to the tip of Argentina. And he's doing it to bring out green, you know, just the whole green culture. And so we've teamed up with him. And everywhere he goes, we see him, uh, the car, uh, just this whole, it's actually a, a Tesla journey 
all the way down. So he's made this incredible um, YouTube series and we're going to be part of it. And I, I think it's great that we could latch on and work with this really incredible documentary film uh, maker who has the same beliefs that we have. Yeah. And that's just going to go so long. And what's that going to do for our brand? You know, it's going to put us parallel with, with that company showing what they believe. And, you know, and it's a fun documentary going from Alaska all the way to Argentina. So, uh, and right now, by the way, I think he's still in South America. So, or sorry, still in Central America. And the amount of content, oh my God, I should show you the content that we're getting and the incredible pictures from all over the world, well, all over the Americas um, that we can use for user-generated content. So it comes back tenfold. Yeah, that's beautiful because that actually shows it completely in action, right? You don't have to let yeah. your customer think about it. They get to see your product in the nature, which is a big part of what you stand for, but then also associated with a brand like Tesla, which makes it more luxurious and speaks to a certain kind of person as well. So it's there's no guessing there for the customer. And they're saying, well, okay, this could be for me too. And the other thing, um, we provide lots of soap, lots and lots of soap <laughs> to, um, to especially one organization that we're just aligning up with. Uh, but they've sent us back like last year, we got uh, pictures back from all over the world, third world countries, uh, women and children just using soap and clean water for their first time. So really powerful yeah. images, you know, that, uh, that again, the brand can align with. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, those are just a few things that we're doing. Yeah, uh, that's beautiful because, and I think just as a lesson for everybody listening in, I also say, you know, a lot of people, they love sustainability. They love uh, brands that are ethical, but they won't always just buy it because of that. So they want to see what's in it for me, but guess what? Like in your case, but you're also, um, you know, helping people in other countries that have never had access to it. So it's kind of that support to it when you're choosing between two brands, say you're completely equal, you go for the one that is more ethical. So it really plays part of the story. It may not be the only reason they buy it, but it does really add to the story and really that extra conviction that people sometimes need before they buy something. Right. Yeah. So Kelsey, I think we got a couple questions here. We do. Uh, yeah, we can jump into them. Uh, the first mm -hmm. one is from Claudia. Uh, can you tell us how to figure out your customer avatar for a product or niche that you haven't sold in yet? I look at the reviews and try to figure out how many men or women are buying the product based on their names, but this only gives you a very limited amount of data. Okay, that's, I think, a really good question. And I think if you go back to those four Ds that we talked about, and you can download that as well, um, what you're trying to do is stick to the demographics. And I think this is the part where you need to go beyond. So one, when you're sifting through content online, what reviews and testimonials are super powerful. Look at not just the positive ones, but look at negative ones of other products because they'll tell you what's missing in them. Don't worry about trying to narrow down if they're men or women in that case. I would say, look at the reviews from in terms of both the product, what is working, what's missing. But also you can pick out lifestyle related things from reviews. I, I bought a lamp recently from Amazon, reading lights for my 
both my girls and I was going through the reviews and there were people talking about, oh, this was beautiful for my seven-year-old child, for example, or uh, I love sitting in a corner reading my book or I, uh, and, or there was a grandparent that gifted it to somebody. So I gifted it to my grandchild. So this gives you nuggets about their lifestyle. So try to also pick out that information from reviews. I think a lot of people miss that out. And in terms of really doing customer interviews, I think still nothing beats that. If you can get access, start with people. You know, it's not always perfect, but if you can start with people in your environment where you think, hey, this may be something for them. And once you interview them, you talk to them, ask them to recommend somebody else who they think this product would be good for. And that helps you also go away from your immediate uh, first degree or second degree contacts and go a little further down. So these are like two inspiration and uh, you know, do you go to, I don't know, do you go to the gym? Are the people you can ask things there to, can you reach out to people you see often and say, Hey, I'm doing this. Could I speak to you about it? If you have kids and you're going to school, other parents, maybe who are not immediate friends. And I've actually done that with people who are launching to just go away from their immediate circle. And that's just a great place, but see it as a hypothesis to get started. It will give you a great starting point. And then as you launch and start getting customers, keep, speaking to each and every one of those customers. It's the things that you don't, are not scalable, but are the ones that will give you the most information. There's, um, there's also an app that uh, we've used uh, called Spark Toro uh, yes. by Rand Fishkin. And you'll be able to go check out your competitors because it really is about com uh, your comp competitive analysis. But you'll be able to go in, check out who the influencers are, who the followers are, and you'll get kind of an idea of who the demographic is that way as well. So that's just another way of fairly quickly getting to know or have an idea of what you're looking for. Yeah, so SparkToro, similar web can show you where different traffic is coming on for different websites, competitor websites, and this will give you great numbers, but I would still say you want to get deeper to the motivations and desires of your customers, and that's where really getting more of the lifestyle information, supplementing that together is where it will get really powerful. Right. Have you ever right. implemented uh, like quizzes? into like gathering information yeah through... so that's once your website launches i think you know some people have quizzes as the lead magnet so i'm um for example i was working with a person who was selling those baby carriers um and it's such a hard choice for people to make first time mom you know mom who's pregnant somebody with back issues somebody who's you know already have a child and has another one to carry so she's implemented a quiz basically to help them make the right choice which is valuable for them but at the same time it gives her a lot of information about the people who are buying as well so quizzes are great as a lead magnet on your website instead of just a traditional discount or anything um which will help them but make sure it's something which is helpful where they to get to know more about your product or what choice to make at the same time it gives you information as well Great. All right. Uh, next question is from Rad. Uh, we specialize in green energy products under our brand. Uh, do you have any suggestions or advice to market this product, especially to the believers of green energy? Ooh, that's a super big question. Uh, I would say you have to first get to know who your potential customer is of this potent of this product, because how to market it will depend on that which platform do you want to be on what are the messages you want to share it's all going to depend on who that customer is and especially in green energy products that's super broad so you want to narrow that down like what is that product actually uh what will it do for my what will it do for the customer what makes you really different um 
narrow that down first and then narrow down the messaging and the channels that you want to be on. Um, so I would say you really need to focus in first on who that potential customer is for your particular product. And Rad, I know your products and you've sent me uh, one of your products before. And, you know, one of the things that you can do uh, with that product is answer the pain point because I know uh, it's happened a few times this year where we've just lost power. In the middle of the day, we've just lost power. At night, we've lost power. And your green solution is awesome. So we've used it. And it's like a, a solar-powered uh, flashlight or torch. Okay. Unbelievable. So, I mean, I don't think it would be that hard to find a pe people that want solar-powered products, build out that demographic, and then show the pain points of everything that that solves. Like, it really is. Like, I, I could imagine <clears throat> lighting candles, which I don't... Uh, I sell candles. I, I don't like the, the candles though. Like even the really nice candles, I can't stand the smell of candles. You know, it, it's that waxy smell, but having that, it lasted as long as a candle and it really provided much brighter, um, you, you know, safer uh, protection for the family during a blackout, you know? So, so it's a solar powered, uh, solar powered. Uh, um, fly, it's, fly, there's a bunch of things, but it's yeah. a, yeah, it's a, a, like one of those big torches. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, so the couple of things I would say then if, for more tangible advice then basis that, um, I think one, we're in a market right now where everybody's looking to save money on it. So you are in a market right now that is perfect and people are searching for it in Google. So really optimizing for SEO, I think, and really answering all those questions people have about it through your blogs and content would probably be super powerful in this stage uh, that we are in, in the current market. And then like answering those pain points, like uh, Norm said, but, and then as you get to know them better, also saying, okay, like you said, what does it, it also protects the family, for example. So taking that higher level as well, but really, I think at this point, people are searching for this kind of products. Um, and I was just speaking to another brand here locally once in energy and SEO is really powerful at this stage for brands like that. Mm. And Claudia, yes, I've already caught my beard on fire, but on a barbecue, not on a candle. <laughs> All right. And I do want to just give a quick reminder. We have our Wheel of Kelsey happening. Um, so if you want uh, Monica's store brand scan, um, write hashtag Wheel of Kelsey in the comments. Uh, we just have a few more minutes before we go to the wheel. Um, it's a value of $100 US. So check it out. Uh, one lucky winner will be receiving that. And um, we have, yeah, some entries from Marina, Claudia, Rad and a couple others, so thank you, thank you. And uh, we got one more question. So from Claudia, can Monica give advice in the direction to go for a new brand launch for the Wheel of Kelsey? Oh, I think she's making a joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyways, I think we're all set for questions. <laughs> what happened to pre-screening the question? I should, I, yeah, that's, <laughs> Claudia got me. Um, okay, so uh, I think that's it then. Um, I do want to highlight that, Monica, you're giving us some free resources too. Um, how can people get a hold of those? So you can uh, go to the link that I think is provided underneath. Yeah. Uh, so businesswithmonica.com forward slash lunch with Norm. And there you can download my down with the four types of questions to ask your customer. It describes each of those four Ds with a little checklist under each. So you know what kind of questions to focus on. Um, and then, yeah, you can visit businesswithmonica.com for more resources. You 
when you sign up, you do come on my email list where I always share really helpful and inspirational content uh, to help you build your brand and business. All right. Very good. And we will be downloading that as well. Okay. So last word from our sponsor, then we'll get to the wheel. This episode is brought to you by Clear Ads. Looking to maximize your Amazon ads ROI? Well, whether you need full service or just one or two services, Clear Ads Amazon advertising experts drive outstanding results across the Amazon marketplace. With over nine years of experience, their Amazon PPC managers have helped thousands of companies to drive down their cost of sales and scale up their revenue, profits, and orders. And with their unrivaled Amazon DSP expertise, ClearAd's DSP services are tailored to your brand. You really can't go wrong. Get in touch today with ClearAd's dedicated team by visiting the link in the description or visiting clearads.co.uk. And remember, more sales, better ROI, incredible growth. Check out ClearAds today. Okay, we're back. Before we get to the wheel, how do people get a hold of you, Monica? So you can visit my website, businesswithmonica.com. You can find me on Instagram under the same name. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn under my full name, Monica Sharma Patnikar. Um, so follow me in any of those places. Perfect. All right, Kels, let's go to the wheel. It's time for the wheel of All right, here we go. Where's Kelsey? Oh, well, here we go. Oh, Marina. Marina. Yay. So, Marina, please email me k at lunchwithnorm.com. And uh, we'll get you your prize. We do this every single podcast. So make sure you come back for the next episode and uh, you can enter again. So uh, thank you again for providing the prize, Monica. We yeah, really appreciate look forward to doing that with Marina. Yeah. All right. And also we got to meet Marina at an event last week. So that's great. Uh, you probably paid Kelsey off at the event to get that prize. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyways, congrats, great. Marina. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for uh, being our, our guest today. It's been great. I know I've been kind of all over the board. I don't know <laughs> why. I think it must be Kelsey. He must have slipped something into my drink. But uh, anyways, if you can stick around just for a second afterwards, that would be Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. And, Thank you for having me on. It's oh, really it's fun our pleasure. Answering all the questions as well. I can't wait to have you back. Lunch with the, lunch with the, lunch with the.